Welcome to Epiphany Fellowships Podcast. My name is Dr. Eric Mason, lead pastor and founder of Epiphany Fellowship in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Thank you so much for tuning into our podcast. Our desire is to see people everywhere show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. God bless you as you listen and consider subscribing so that you can tune in every week to check out new messages. God bless you and take care. Amen. Maybe you don't have 10,000 reasons. Maybe you got one, and it's that Jesus saved your soul. You can give him praise for that, that he ransomed your soul from the grips of sin and death. My name is Pastor Derek Parks. I bring you greetings from Epiphany Church in Wilmington, Delaware. Um, so I'm greatly encouraged to be here with you guys this morning. Uh, it is my deep privilege and honor to stand here before you today. I am, um, I'm, a, I'm a son of this church. So I was here, gosh, back in 04, 05 when um, we had hard metal chairs in here. And we had couches over there, like on the joint. Some of y'all remember that. Some of us. Um, and we used to just meet at a Bible study at somebody's house. But God has done all of this and um, gave y'all all this fancy stuff y'all got. It's nice. Um, so, again, uh, I bring you greetings from Wilmington, um, a place that they call Murder Town, USA. But we reject that and we call it Mercy Town. But because we believe the mercy of God is there and resides through his people and is moving and working uh, in that city. So, um, so enough about me. I'm going to share the word of God with you today. Um, I'll be in Colossians chapter 1. I'll be in Colossians chapter 1 starting in the ninth verse through the 10th verse. It's your tradition to stand for the reading of the word. Uh, so if you could please stand. I'm going to tag this text, Making History. Making History. Join me in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9. Hear these words of our Father. For this reason also, since the day we heard this, we haven't stopped praying for you. We are asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding so that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience joyfully, giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you to share in the saints' inheritance in the light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son he loves. In him we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins. Father, thank you that we have forgiveness. 
Father, thank you that you have redeemed us by your son, Father. And we give you praise, honor, and glory, God. I pray, Lord, that these words, Father, as they go out, they won't come go out void, Father. And I pray, God, that, that as I speak, God, that you would stand in my body and that you would think through my mind, that you would speak through my mouth. And God, let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be acceptable in your sight. In Jesus' name, I pray with thanksgiving in my heart. And the whole church said, amen. You can take your seats. A missionary by the name of Mr. Judson traveled to the country of Burma. And he so burned with desire to preach the gospel that he went before he had even learned the language. So he walked up to a Burmese man and he embraced him. He embraced him so passionately and lovingly that the man went home and reported that he had seen an angel. The living Christ was so radiant in Mr. Judson that the men began to call him Mr. Glory Face. And that should be the same for us today when we really come to know the joy that God has given to us then the gospel will become irresistible through our lives. So I'm gonna submit this idea to you today is that those who make history are joyful. Those who make history are joyful. Join me in verse number nine where we're gonna see that your joy has a reason. Paul is speaking of the love that the Colossians had in the spirit, according to Epaphras' testimony. So he says, since the day we heard about your love, we have not stopped praying for you. When was the last time somebody noticed your love? Can your family and friends speak about your love? What about your coworkers? What about your children? Can they speak about your love or do they just speak about your quick temperedness and your anger can they just speak about your frustration and your easily offendedness but i want to submit this to you today that you've got to figure this out your joy ain't for you that's bad english but it's good theology your joy ain't for you See, your joy has a reason, and the reason is so that you can spread the love of Jesus Christ through your joy. So Paul says, since we've heard about your love and joy, we have not ceased to pray for you. If you're going to be joyful, then you can't forget to pray. See, prayer is the quintessential element for the preservation and the positioning of joy in your life. What do I mean? The preservation of your joy looks like this. You can't be joyless and pray. It's not possible for you to be joyless and pray. It's impossible for you to go before the throne of grace and thank God for his goodness and thank God for his kindness and thank God for his mercy. Thank him for giving you another breath in your body. It's impossible to do that consistently and be joyless. It just doesn't work like that. Next is for the positioning of your joy. See, prayer puts you in the proper position. 
See, when you come out of your prayer closet, after you've been suffering and travailing before the Lord, guess what happens? The Lord sends you a deposit of some joy, and you come out of that prayer closet with a different position, with a different posture about yourself, and now you have joy. So listen, if you're going to make history, guess what you got to do? Don't stop praying. See, this, this, this prayer here, it can be translated as worship. See, Paul was worshiping God for the Colossians, for their love in the spirit. And see, when we pray, we worship God and we position ourselves to have joy. That's because worship is the byproduct of joy. See, when you have joy on the inside of you, you can worship God regardless of what's going on in your life. You can worship God when your job sends out pink slips. You can worship God when the, when the, when the professor gives out bad grades. You can worship God when things go in your life, when you have joy. See, when you have joy, you worship God even when it seems like gloom and doom in your life. And listen, folks who really have joy can't wait to get around the people of God so that they can worship God with the joy that they have with inside of Jesus with one another. And that's why Paul is begging God on our behalf that we will be filled with the knowledge of God's will and all wisdom and understanding. See, Paul understood that our joy has a source. And he wanted us to be filled up by nothing else but that source. So listen at this. Paul says, he says, so that you might be filled. Joy, joy causes you to see God as your source. When I was younger, I used to watch a cartoon called Birdman. Not the corny rapper with the bald head and the teeth. Not him. This was a dude, he actually had wings like a bird. And he had like little laser beams, light beams on his arm. He would be shooting people like pew, 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 pew. That's how he get his enemies like that. So he's always fighting little lizards and lizard men and stuff like that. That's what he did. But Birdman was always taking L's. Like he's always getting beat up. So I'm like, Birdman, dang, like you're supposed to be a superhero this drink. Like you losing all the time. What's happening? He was worse than Meek Mills taking all them L's. I'm not scared of y'all. <laughs> Listen, Birdman be taking all these L's, right? And then he would have to go back to his source in order to get rejuvenated and reinvigorated with power. The source of Birdman's strength was the sun. So Birdman would have to go and he'd have to get himself, he'd be in the middle of a battle, boom, 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 in the middle of a battle, and then he'd have to fly off and go up to the sun. People were like, where is he going? Like, he was just fighting. But he'd have to go off and he'd go into a battle, go, go fly up to the sun so that he could be rejuvenated. And sometimes, though, 
Birdman wasn't able to get up to the sun because he was getting his butt whipped so bad, like he wouldn't be able to even get to the sun. He would have to rely on a little bit of sun rays that was coming into the window, and he had to put his hand out and just let the sun rays rest on his hand, and he would begin to begin to be invigorated and, and renewed with power. What am I saying? I'm saying that we've got the same source. You've got to go to Jesus Christ the Son, the S-O-N, in order to be reinvigorated and to be renewed with power when you're going through the trials and circumstances of your life. And see, joy causes us to see God as our source. And guess what? Joy causes us to be able to see what we don't want to see because we see through the eyes of joy. See, joy causes you to, be, to not be in want even when you're in need. More than that, joy, that, that's, that's why David says that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But see, joy means that you are satisfied even when you're suffering. See, see joy is about the recognition of the correct things. See, Paul says, I pray that you be filled with the knowledge of God's will. That knowledge means that you are able to recognize the right thing. So even when suffering is in your face, it is not your focus. So if you're going to make history, guess what? You must be focused on the will of God. And listen, being focused on God's wishes over your wants is the key to joy. See, Paul takes it one step further. He says this. He says, listen, joy is, in fact, the key to all wisdom and understanding. See, th this understanding that Paul is talking about is where we get the word synthesis from. So synthesis is the combining of various components uh, into one whole. So in other words, it's the result of a combination. So, so when you are praying... And when you're recognizing the right things and when you're walking in wisdom, it is, re and it is reasonable for you to have joy because you have been synthesized with the spirit of God and the will of God. See, I, I want you to understand this, that when the will of God lines up with the spirit of God in your life, then you will walk in joy and you will walk worthy before the Lord. See, joy causes you to be aligned with the spirit of God because this word here for understanding, it means to go with the flow. See, when we have joy, we're able to go with the flow of whatever the spirit of God is doing in our lives. You know those people that they just go with the flow? with everything, they come into work super happy, they're just joyful, the boss drops a stack of papers on their desk and they be like, great, I got it, and they just get to work and they just go with the flow, they never upset. Meanwhile, you walking around with your coffee cup that's got the marker on it, like don't talk to me till it gets to this level. I'm like, they can't even see in your cup, what are you talking about? So you going on, but they're just happy, they dancing throughout the hallways at work, skipping and whatnot like you grown stop skipping don't they get on your nerves see they, they just seem to walk in a different way they seem to move in a different way this is what Paul calls that he calls that walking worthy see this walking worthy I love this means to be preoccupied See, you'll never find people making history 
who are occupied with their present circumstances. You'll never see it. The folks who make history, they are preoccupied with something greater than themselves. See, if the early church would have been concerned about their current predicament, they would have never made history, and you and I would not be standing here today being able to worship the king as we are. See, the reason that they were able to walk worthy in the midst of being tarred and beaten and killed was that they were preoccupied with something that was greater than themselves. Here's what they're preoccupied with. The will of God. They knew that they had to make the Lord's name most famous. They knew that they had encountered the resurrected Savior. And if they did not tell everybody about the resurrected one, the one who rose from the grave and conquered sin and death for them, then they had no other purpose in their life but to pursue that and to tell everybody that they could about a Savior. So listen, if you want to be well-pleasing to God, as, as, as Paul says here, he says, I want you to be fully pleasing to God. If you want to be well-pleasing to God, then guess what? Be preoccupied with his will. He tells them to bear fruit. If you want to bear fruit or be fertile in everything that you do, guess what? Be preoccupied with his will. If you want to increase, and be great, you wanna grow like Paul talks about here, guess what? Be preoccupied with his will. Y'all get what I'm driving at? See, everybody wants to be great and live their best life out here in these streets. Everybody wants that. But if you really wanna live your best life, then guess what? Focus on the will of God. So, first I wanted, I told you that your joy has a reason now I'm telling you that you are reinforced by joy. Join me in verse 11. Paul says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience joyfully. See, Paul says that joy causes you to be strengthened with all power according to God's glorious might. Listen, that, that's counterintuitive for us. It's sort of a paradox. We, we believe that we need power in order to have joy. We think that we need something to happen in order for us to be joyful about our situation. So we need our bank account to fill up in order for us to have joy. We need this situation to go away in order for us to have joy. But that's not what the scripture is saying here. Paul is arguing that having joy in the midst of difficult circumstances will unlock the power that you need in order to navigate through those situations. How I know. Nehemiah chapter 8 tells us, he says, listen, go and eat what is rich, drink what is sweet, and send portions to, to those who have nothing prepared since today is holy to the Lord. But don't grieve because the joy of the Lord is your strength. Listen, I, I, I want us to see what Paul is he's saying here. He's saying you'll be strengthened according to God's glorious might. 
See, it's the power of God that's going to strengthen you to be able to go through the difficult circumstances of your life. And guess what? See, God gave you everything that you needed at your salvation in order to be able to go through the difficulties in your life. He gave you fullness of joy when he saved you. He gave you hope when he saved you. He gave you patience when he saved you. Every spiritual blessing we know from Ephesians has been given to us in Jesus Christ. So listen. God is going to strengthen you so that you might have great endurance and patience joyfully. See, what that means is joy produces endurance and patience in your life. See, we think that if we can just get from around the circumstance that we're going to be okay. No, Jesus is saying, I'm going to give you what you need in order to endure those situations. I'm going to give you the patience that you need in order to endure through life's challenges. So when you have joy, you have the fortitude to forbear through situations with calm delight. That's what that word joyful means. It means to have a calm delight. That's why Jesus could just be on a boat when a storm is raging and he could be asleep on the boat and his disciples are freaking out and going crazy, but he's just taking a nap because he had a joy that was a calm delight. See, next Paul says, you are reinforced by joy through giving thanks. See, this giving thanks comes from a Greek word, eucharisto, which is where we get the English word eucharist, which is the celebration of the Lord's Supper or communion, which we're going to do at the end of the service. So we believe that at communion, at the Lord's Supper, we believe that the presence of Jesus is actually with us. So hear what this says. Giving thanks, or Eucharisto, places you in the presence of Jesus. So, but this, I want you to see that this takes a step further to say that giving thanks is in fact Godward joy. When you can look at your situation, when you can get fired from your job and thank God that you have an education, that you could be able to go out and put on some more application in order to get another job, when you give thanks to God for that, when you've just been fired, guess what? That's a Godward joy. That's something that the world can't take away from you. That's something that's rooted on the inside of you that no matter what happens in your life, no matter what happens to you, you can stay grounded and rooted because you've got joy on the inside of you. So listen, when we express this Godward joy, scripture says that we are reinforced. Let me give you a few synonyms for reinforced. Armor-plated, steel-clad, bulletproof. See, when you have Godward joy, 
you could walk through the midst of spiritual bullets and arrows flying at your head and you can walk through that with your head held high because you know that you've got something that has armor plated you you are able to endure whatever it is that comes up in your life it's like black panther when he was got the new suit this suit absorbed the energy of his enemies. So when he would get hit, boom, boom, guess what? It would power him up. He get hit again, boom, boom, power him up. Christian, when you have joy, you've got on an armor-plated suit just like that. When it arrows and, and attacks from the enemy come and hit you, guess what? It just powers you up, and you get ready for the next circumstance that's going to come, and you look the devil right in the eye, and you tell him, devil, you better come on with it because I'm standing firm in the midst of this because I've got joy. You be just like Black Panther. Guess what? You be out there yelling Wakanda forever and stuff like that when trouble comes. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to go that far. Um, listen, that's why Paul calls us to give thanks to the Father who has enabled us. See, it is the Father who gives us the adequate power that we need in order to perform his will even when it's difficult. It's the Father who qualifies you. And guess what? His qualifications are redemptive. That leads me to my last idea, is this. You can have joy because you have been redeemed. You can have joy because you have been redeemed. Join me in verse 13. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the son he loves. See, God has done the work of delivering us from the dominion of darkness by drawing us to himself. And see, God has even rescued us, he goes a little further, he has even rescued us from the influence of darkness. That's what that word dominion is, the power or authority of influence that is talking about. So God has even rescued us from the influence of darkness. So we don't have to submit to the powers of peer pressure. We don't have to submit to the, to the, to the, cultural, to the culture's demands because we stand on the dominion and power of God. He's rescued us from that. He's rescued us from darkness. And then guess what? After he rescued us, guess what he does? Says that he transfers us to the kingdom of his son. He doesn't just take us out of jail and leave us without any recourse for how we gonna do anything, how we gonna get a job, or how we gonna do anything. But when he, when he rescues us, he transfers us into a kingdom. So in other words, he relocates us from darkness into the realm of his royal power. See, and the diadem of his royal power is his son, and it is in him that we have redemption. I want to take a moment as I close to tell you about this redemption. Redemption is defined as liberation procured 
by the payment of a ransom. See, you and I were once prisoners in a jail called sin. But through the purchase price of living a perfect life and dying on the cross in our place, Jesus has released us from this bondage of sin and death. I like to go shopping. I especially like to go shopping when I have a coupon. Amen. Um, because you can go to the store and purchase a high-priced item for a discount. And I really like to shop at Polo. Um, people at my church, they'll tell you I like to shop at Polo. Um, so much so that Polo sends me, may or may not, send me a coupon to my cell phone via text message every week. And I may or may not be at the polo outlet every week just to see what they got. Like, I'd just be browsing. Like, I don't, perusing, as they say. I especially like to go when there is an extra sale going on, right? That way I can go while they're having a sale and use my coupon and get a relatively high price item for about 60 to 75% off, right? So <laughs> this past, especially like Black Friday and stuff like that, like this past Black Friday, I was down in, in, in uh, visiting my in-laws and my mother-in-law works for a particular company that gives you an additional 25 to 30% off. And then my father-in-law was in the military, so he got an extra little discount at the store too. So when I get down, I'd be like, hey, Pop, what's up, man? You good? You need anything? Like, want me to get you something? Like, hey, Mom, you good? You look good, Mom. Like, shoo, you killing it. Good thing they like to shop too. So I can go to the store and get like a $90 shirt for like $14, right? That's what I be, listen, you gotta use your coupon game, right? Listen, while that makes me really happy, it don't give me joy. See, I'm, I'm here to let you know today that there was a sale some 2,000 years ago on a Black Friday on a hill called Calvary where the Savior would be hung up on a cross as an advertisement for us. That's the source of my joy. And see, as he hung there on a the cross, guess what? God would send down his coupon called grace. And if anybody were to be able to receive that grace, they would be able to receive the highest price gift of salvation for free. 
So which co- listen, it costs Jesus everything, but it costs us nothing. So if you want to take advantage of some coupons and some Black Friday sales, I want to point you to the Black Friday 2,000 years ago where my Savior hung on a tree, where he hung on a cross, and he purchased a salvation for me. He purchased my ransom, and now I could walk before the Father, and he redeems me, and he says, you're free to walk in to my glory. You're free to come in because Jesus has ransomed me. And he ransomed me at the low cost of faith, which he gives as a gift to you anyway. Church, I want to close with this. Joyfulness is something that can be cultivated. And it is the duty of all Christians to show to the world through their happy and joyful lives that Christianity and following Christ is the most worthwhile thing in the whole wide world. Church, through your joy, the world ought to see Jesus. Through your joy, the world ought to see the resurrected Savior who went to the cross for you and died. They should be able to look at your life when things are going crazy and say there's something different about that sister. She's not freaking out like everybody else. She's not worried about who's in office because she knows the one who sits on the throne. Church, have joy in Jesus. Because in having joy, guess what? You make history. And I'm not talking history that they write in the history books. I'm talking about his story. And his story is this, that one day, Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord. And through your joy, you get to point people to that name. Through your joy, you get to point people to the one who is King of kings and Lord of lords. Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you that you have ransomed us. God, we thank you. God, that is in you that we have the forgiveness of our sins. And Father, I pray, God, if anyone in the sound of my voice doesn't know you today, Father, I pray that they might come to know you, Father. I pray that they would bow down before you, Father, and repent, God, and turn from their wickedness, God, and turn to you. So, Father, it's in the name of your Son that I pray these things, knowing that you will accomplish exactly what you said you would do. It's in Jesus' mighty name I pray with thanksgiving. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to today's message. I hope that it was a blessing to you and it was aiding in your life to help you to show off the glory of Christ in every area of life. If this message has been a blessing to you, we want you to consider partnering with us in ministry so that we can maximize what God has called us to do locally, nationally, and internationally. You can go to epiphanyfellowship.org, go under give and consider donating. Thank you. Take care. See you next week.